What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Woke. My name is John. I'm Joseph. Today is the first episode of our Second Amendment series. Thank you so much for joining us for this. We're excited about this one. Uh, this is one that's very close to our hearts. Um, we, as most of you know, live in Arizona, which is a very 2A friendly state. Yep, constitutional um, carry. Even, yeah, I, until recently, more so than Texas even. Yeah, I, I believe we were the first state to have constitutional carry. Yes, we were. Uh, it's the Wild West out here. But we, we want to do a good job breaking down uh, what the Second Amendment means. Why was it put into place? Is it for hunting? Is it for recreation? Is it for self-defense? Is it to defend against tyranny? We really want to break it down. What is it? And then in our coming episodes, we're going to walk through some statistics, details. We want to prepare you guys for your next Thanksgiving arguments with relatives that think that we shouldn't have guns. Yep. Or at least, I, I guess, Christmas. Thanksgiving's passed. Yeah, I guess that's the next one. Yeah, yeah. maybe Thanksgiving next year. You're really starting early if you're getting ready for Thanksgiving next year. Hey, we have to. We got we to. have to. Okay, so the Second Amendment. Um, it is one of the, obviously, it just says it in the name, it's one of the first 10 amendments of the Constitution. Also of the Bill known, of Rights. Well, yeah, the Bill of Rights was the first 10 amendments. Yeah. Um, and then all the ones previous are, have been added on, but... Uh, it's important. It's an important note that it's a part of the Bill of Rights. Yeah, that's why I said it. I think it's very important because uh, it came at a very specific time. Let's let's get some history here, right? So the Bill of Rights happened after the original Revolutionary War, and after they all came together and decided, hey, we're going to go to war, and these are our base level understandings, right? That's when they wrote all of the original things, start the war, they win the war and they come out. And coming from that perspective, it's very important. You look at where they were in their life when they wrote these down. I think that's extremely important. So they, they came from a province basically of England where they were taxed and governed by the... British government, but yet had no representation. Now, what does this mean? We've all heard this in school, right? Uh, taxation without representation. If you actually break that down to a standard that we understand nowadays, it's like, imagine if your state was having its own taxes, not the same as the rest of the country, separate taxes on your state, and you had nobody in the Senate to represent your people. You had nobody in the house to represent your people. You didn't even have a chance really to run for any of these things. You had no chance. So what that means is you have a government putting down rules on you specifically as a part of a country that doesn't apply to other parts of the country necessarily. And yet you don't even have a voice in deciding it. Very important. It's very important. Yeah. And that kind of, um, I guess a way to look at it, look at it is you're giving something and getting nothing in return. Exactly. It wasn't like you're paying taxes and they're you know taking care of you. They're letting you do you know in America there's there's a certain extent with taxes where it's like look I'm paying a certain amount of my money. 
is going to making sure our roads are taken care of, that we're Mm -hmm. defended by our military, that this, this, and that. There's benefits with it. It's kind of like an HOA fee, right? Mm -hmm. You pay it every month and they come mow all the grass in your little community and stuff like that. There's, there's benefits to it. It's even in real estate, right? I, part of my commission just goes back to our own company and that in turn pays for my personal marketing. It pays for salaries for people in our company to take care of things. That money doesn't really not benefit me. It's not like it's going away and not doing anything for me, but Um, something that we get really uptight about in America is look like my taxes are going to this. I don't support that. And that's why we have representatives that go try to put into place policies that we support since our tax money's going there. Correct. Our tax money pays our government's salaries. Mm -hmm. It pays for our military, right? All of this stuff is benefits because of us. So if we're paying for it, we should have the right to what's going on. Now, that was the problem. They were being taxed and they were not seeing any benefits of that. They were under the rule of the, the redcoats. Right, exactly. I think I think there was kind of one supposed benefit, and this is what the parliament in uh, England decided, is they uh, the British had a war with the French to supposedly protect the colonists. Like, I don't think the French were going to come in and genocide the colonists, right? But... They had a war against the French before the Revolutionary War. That's when taxes really started to go up for the colonies. Because back in England, they decided the war was fought on their land. We protected them. So they should pay for the war. Right. Very interesting, you know? It is, yeah. So It was kind of like, we didn't ask you to do that. We didn't ask, yeah. And, and it's almost kind of proven that it was not necessary because the French then fought with us against the British to let us be our own country. Exactly. They yeah. didn't, they had no stake in that at all, mm-hmm. at all. We were not a superpower that they needed and as an ally yet. And right. They just wanted the land for themselves and they wanted the taxes from that land as well. Yes. So it's very interesting, but the, uh, the premise of the second amendment, if if the colonists were not able to bear arms and stand up against the British, we would still have accents. Yeah. Very, <laughs> right? very, very funny quote I've heard recently. I don't remember who said it, so I apologize if I'm ripping you off. But uh, they said, if it wasn't for 17-year-olds and guns, 17-year-olds running around with guns, we wouldn't have America. It's, it's very true. Very That's exactly true. what it was. It's very true. And... It's it's so interesting because even at the time this was a debated topic. Even if you've seen The Patriot, Mel Gibson's character was formally very against the war. The war, very against it. They had just come out of the French and Indian War. Yep. And they didn't want to fight anymore. They were like, dude, war is hell. And especially at that time with very little medical treatment, like people that even just got wounded were dying miserable deaths. Nasty. And they had finally felt like, all right, we have our own space, right? Like, yeah, we have to pay taxes, but whatever. So even back then, it was kind of a debated topic. But there was um, there was this tyrannical government that's over them. And I, Joseph made an interesting point before we started recording this episode. The king wasn't even really that proactively involved with the colonies no. in a negative way. It was really the tyrannical government parliament. Mm-hmm. That was the issue because they they were all fighting over it. They're like, yeah, we should we should have this. They owe us this, right? And the people that were here were like, you know what? We don't want to be told what to do with no benefits 
from some higher ups across the pond, right? Mm -hmm. You guys aren't here. You guys don't know our problems because there was no representation, Mm -hmm. right? No one felt like they actually had a right to tell them what to do. And I completely agree with that. And if it weren't for the, for their people having guns, they quite literally would not have been able to, we would, we wouldn't have America, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, luckily they were living in a very hospitable place when it came to yes. uh, fighting Indians, bears. I mean, they moved into a place that was really sketchy. Had a lot of wolves, a lot of bears. It was Indians, dangerous. People killing each other. It was the it was the wild America. Yes, it was it was crazy. And the the premise of the Second Amendment, and we're we're going to read the Second Amendment here. Mm-hmm. Um, the premise of the Second Amendment is not hunting. It's not recreation no it is specific i wouldn't even say it's really self-defense of your own home the purpose of the second amendment and i think it carries over to that but it does the the premise of the second amendment is actually strictly to fight a tyrannical government if that ever presents itself correct which gives a whole new meaning and this is kind of where we want to go with this why do they want to snuff out the second amendment so bad I would argue it's because it's the only thing threatening them getting more power. Let's read the Second Amendment. Yes. So the Second Amendment being a very weird sentence, I can see why there's been so much debate over the years. So this is the Second Amendment. A well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. There's a lot of ways you can look at this because it's not actually grammatically correct. So we got to look at why, why did they write it not grammatically correct, right? Like what, what were they trying to say? There's a lot of different ways you can kind of break it down, but it's, it just seems pretty simple, right? A well-regulated militia shall not be infringed being necessary to the state of a free state, right? They explain why that should not be infringed. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's almost like you can break it into two parts. That's why there's like so many commas. They have the first part is what they're defending, then the reason why, then what they're defending and should not be infringed. So you have like a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. It's necessary to the security of a free state so that a tyrannical government or an overpowered parliament or senate or president or house representatives let me be clear whatever it is federal government this is the key it's being necessary for the security of a free state from the federal government this is the key so going from that to the right of the people i don't know how you can explain that any other way than the right of the people correct to keep and bear arms a lot of people like to overlook that and basically say like well each state should have their militia and that's the national guard I, I was hoping you'd go this way yeah yes. this is really something we have to debunk yes i had a conversation at a previous job um and one of my superiors was saying how you know it's it's terrifying that we have militias in this country and that when the Constitution talks about a well-regulated militia, it's talking about the National Guard. Now, we really have to understand some history f- to debunk this. So when these papers were drafted, there were two groups. 
in, in our founders. There were the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. The Federalists wanted a central federal government that would take care of the people and provide security for their freedoms. So essentially you have a government that is hell-bent on defending your own freedoms. Now, right. in a perfect world, that would be great. Yeah. Right? However... Very the, similar to the Democratic movement today. Very, yes. Very and, similar. And <clears throat> everything that Democrats say is, in a sense, ideal, mm -hmm. right? It's it's ideal, but it's completely... And this, this even goes back to some Judeo-Christian beliefs. The belief that we are inherently not good. We are inherently sinners. We are inherently... We all have evil inside we of us. We all have evil inside of us. And every day is a constant battle to choose the opposite side, right? Um, so with that being said, the anti-federalists look at that model and go, no, because if you give enough power to the federal government to completely control and protect these freedoms, what's the difference between any of these other governments that have that power but choose not to to use it that way. They choose to control people, mm -hmm. right? There's no difference. So then the anti-federalists were basically like, no, we just need every single person uniquely in their own home, their own family, to have the power to keep what little federal government we will have in check, right? Mm -hmm. There has to be a federal government. Otherwise, to some extent, you have this unled... Um, I guess kind of anarchy type society where everyone just does what they want. And at some point that will create mass chaos. Mm -hmm. So, so they agreed we have to have a federal government, but the federal government should not be able to dictate little things about our daily lives. As we discussed in our last series, that is totalitarianism. Yeah. Okay. So the anti-federalists fought really hard for that. So what we ended up with was kind of a middle ground. The entire reason it's, asinine to think that the national guard is the well-regulated militia is because they are under the umbrella of the united states military which is a federally governed entity yeah it's it's governed by the federal so government. the national guard it gives a little bit more power to the states a little bit more right but still at the end of the day we have a we have a high sitting official of the national guard mm -hmm. right that answers to the federal government in dc in DC, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so even that is kind of contradictory to how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So here's the idea: if all of a sudden tomorrow, and I'm going to give you a real world possibility with where we're at right now, Biden does what they do in Australia right now, which is you know they're like, well, if if you're a potentially you know at risk person who hasn't gotten the vaccine, we're going to put you in camps, Nazi style. Yes, then, and this is really happening in Australia. This is I happening. want to make that very clear. Um, we're going to do an episode they are on this. putting yeah. people in camps, so yeah. just know that. Um, as more information comes out, we're going to cover that as, as well as we can. Obviously, being across the pond and having the media that we have, God knows what's actually true or not, but Correct. we do know for a fact it's happening. We don't and know the media they extent. have. They're in a police state very similar to yeah. a lot of the dictators we explained to where... Yeah, and much like we didn't really know what the Nazis were doing to Jews until we pulled up on Auschwitz, mm -hmm. right? Much like that, we probably won't know the extent of what's going on until something crazy happens. So, mm -hmm. um, but with that being said, let's say Biden decides we need to enforce these lockdowns, enforce the vaccine. We're going to force vaccinate people, but they can't pull our military out of all these different corners of the earth and bring them all back here to enforce the entirety of our country to submit to those things. So... 
you have a little military in every single state that now has to answer to you, which is the National Guard, right? This is, I mean, that might not happen, but it's, it is a fear. It's, it's what they would use. Right. The government has shown it before that the yes. federal government has brought in National Guard in many different instances to do what they wanted to do. Yes. Not that that's a bad thing. It can be a very good it thing. It can be a very good thing, but the clear point we're making here is the National Guard is not state militia. Right. If the whole point of it's saying we need a well-regulated militia is to defend against a tyrannical federal government. So then if you have a state-regulated National Guard, but they still answer to the federal government, that's not what it's referring to. So yeah, these hillbillies that go practice in the hills and run tactical drills and are prepared to defend against our National Guard, even if they were turned bad. Now, I, I think if they tried to do that, a lot of these people would not submit to their orders. They would be defectors but they would go stand with our militias, right? Mm -hmm. So the entire purpose of the Second Amendment is to be a last resort to preserve freedom in the case of a tyrannical government. So when you have a tyrannical government, which we do, and they're at least working in that direction pretty, pretty diligently. Mm -hmm. When you have that, the one thing they have to do before they can do some really outrageous things, which we, we've all seen that they clearly would like to do, the one thing you have to do is take away the guns. Because if they tried to tell us what to do, and it was a blatantly obvious crossing of the line, we have the largest standing military in the world that is our civilian veteran base that has firearms. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't get very far, right? No. So that, that, in a nutshell, is why we have the Second Amendment. Because... The Founding Fathers saw this uh, pattern in human beings that we are inherently evil. We all have evil in us, all yes. of us. Um, I think we can all think of a few times we did something dastardly, right? We are inherently evil, and there needs to be something that keeps inherent, inherently evil people that we vote into power from turning around and controlling our lives in an evil way yes i i always say like we need to put people in check it's kind of the way i right. do it um when somebody works for you which let me be clear every single person who gets their paycheck under the idea of being a public servant which means any public office you work for us when you have an employee that steps out of line what happens you write them up and you say don't do that again if they do it too much they get fired this is the reality. We as the American people run this country. We own it. It's ours. If you were born an American, if you came here and got uh, became an American legally, you own this place. This is your country. You have a stake in it, which is such an amazing idea because that makes you actually invested. You own it. So everybody who works in the government, including Biden and Kamala, they work for you. They're supposed to. Well, they're supposed to. Much like you would hire a lawyer to defend you in court, much like you would hire a real estate agent to help you sell or buy a house, much like you would hire a pest terminator to come kill bugs in your house, they are working for you. That's mm -hmm. part of the whole tax and representation thing that we mm -hmm. talked about earlier. We work hard to pay for their salaries, so they need to do the things we don't have time to do, and that's around the country. Something I really want to debunk immediately is what DeSantis is trying to do in Florida. Um, he just announced that they want to have a civilian 
state military. Now, yes. here's what that means. There's a key word in that, civilian. There would probably develop, as they develop this thing, I mean, they only put, what, $2.5 million in the budget? 2.5, that's the number I heard. It's, that's a fairly low budget to start something like that, but I like that because what that tells me is they're not going to be bringing people in, paying them these huge salaries. I mean, $2.5 million for a year is essentially enough salary for like a few commanding officers and one, a couple people under them. Because the reality, what you got to think of is the gear. You are paying for the gear of these volunteers. Yes. Meaning everything. Yeah. To vests, to uniforms, guns, to yes. uniforms, to helmets. Maybe not guns. Very expensive Maybe stuff. not guns, but Maybe not. training, yeah. all that stuff. Yes. And when people are like, DeSantis wants a private military, that is... That is a lie that is trying to twist what he's actually doing and make it wrong. He's giving the Second Amendment some weight in Florida, where the whole country of liberals is looking at Florida as this massive threat to their way of life. And he's like, look, if you if you try to come here and mess with Florida, we are going to have a civilian military, a well-regulated militia mm-hmm. that is going to stop you. Because... The National Guard would not, and and this is something we've talked about in our Civil War episodes where we're talking about the potential of that. When you look at these issues, the National Guard has a very limited range of things they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ducey should have already mobilized the National Guard to our border a long time ago. Without a doubt. He hasn't. You know why? Because there's a lot of pressure from the federal government not to, mm-hmm. right? A lot of our funding would be cut. So we need a military that is not run by the government. So when people are saying that DeSantis wants an army at his command, that's not what that means. Quite literally, the definition of civilian military is a volunteer base. You probably will not receive any financial compensation. You might get like an annual like tax benefit or something. I'm sure they'll come up with some benefit besides just being a part of it, but it's not what they're trying to make it out to be. After we've looked at what the Second Amendment says and how the National Guard isn't that, we really don't have even, I mean, besides just people having guns in their house, we don't have what the Second Amendment says we should, which is a well-regulated militia. Yeah, we don't have state militias. We do have random uh, friend militias is kind of like a way I look at it. Is People have started their own and registered it to the state. Uh, here in Arizona, we have multiple where we actually have less than most states which is crazy that's actually surprising we, yeah. yeah we um the largest standing militias are in i mean they're really in the south the southeast mm, like that makes sense um virginia has arguably the largest i mean there's some common names like the boogaloo boys or um the three percenters is a massive one and they have chapters all over the country we actually don't even have one in arizona we've got I think there's four or five militias here. They're all really small. They're all veteran-based, and most of them just go down and headhunt at the border. Like, they try to catch illegals in the desert, and then they turn them into Border Patrol. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. But the the point being, we don't actually have state, or we not even state-regulated. We don't really have regulated militias. We just have small pockets of people that are willing to do what the government's not willing to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's almost smart for DeSantis to create an opportunity for those people to come together, be organized, organized and unified, unified, have some rules of engagement, have some structure without the government. That's awesome. Without a doubt. I think, I think a lot of states need to follow this. I think all states should. 
I know a lot won't. Right. Um, I, I think but I think Texas needs to be next in Arizona also. Yes. I think we need to get a lot. A lot of the southern states should as well. Because um, I think the, in those states, the people would support it. Yes, I agree. And, and the mm-hmm. the point that I think DeSantis is making is, look, if you're going to take away guns, if you're going to try to take away guns, we're going to be very clear. That's not happening in Florida. Correct. He's, he's basically saying, look, we've all walked away from the Constitution. Florida isn't. If it's all of you versus us, we're going to stick to the Constitution. And yes. I love that. I love that too. And in Arizona, Arizona is a big one for me. Um, I've been studying recently Project Fast and the Furious. If you have not seen this under the Obama administration, it's crazy. go look it up. There's a book on it of an ATF agent that basically came out and explained it. It's fantastic. Once we're done studying it more, we're going to do an episode on yes, it. Yes, but. but just basic facts is our federal government, when they fail the people, it is our job to stand up and do what is right. In the Obama administration, the ATF and the Obama administration failed our country because they sold 2,000 military weapons to the cartel. 2,000. One of those weapons was used to kill a border patrol guard in Arizona. They ran this operation out of Phoenix. We live in Phoenix. This is very close to home for me. I, I was born and raised in Southern Arizona. I know a lot of border patrol agents and one of our border patrol agents that protect us Arizonans every day died because the Obama administration decided they were going to sell 2000 guns to the drug cartels at our border. And not only that, they were gonna sell them that in, in an administration that basically had open borders. So you just sold guns to people who blatantly don't respect it's, any of our laws and are hyper aggressive. It's pretty clear malicious intent towards your own people. Yes. It really is. It's it's trying to stir something up. So to tie this all up with a bow, we read we've read what the constitution says. We understand a well-regulated militia is not I would say it's not these random pockets of people. I, I think those people are protected by this amendment for sure. But I think what DeSantis is doing is very much so exactly what the Constitution says, says we should have and is necessary. And uh, in the coming episodes, we're going to go through statistics and we're really going to break down why it's better to have guns than not. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Straight Woke. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Straight Woke Podcast. If you have anything you disagree with in this podcast or concerns and comments, make sure you email us at straightwokepodcast at gmail.com.